right, it's episode 108 of Viking 360. Mike Rubin joined by Brian Johnson. And Brian, this week we're talking about uh, a game on Friday that the Vikings have on their bucket list. And I, I love the uh, play on words there, Rube, the bucket list game, the old Oakham bucket uh, football game happening at Point Pleasant on Friday night. And what a history it has, Rube. Uh, and it hasn't been a great history over the years for the Vikings. Point Pleasant has really dominated this series, but it has been a fantastic rivalry. And we'll talk about that old oak and bucket history. It goes back to 1934. It does, Rube. I also uh, chatted uh, with my cousin, who is the running back coach at Point Pleasant High School, to get their perspective uh, on playing this Viking team coming in with nothing to lose Friday night. And in cross-country, it's a pretty exciting time for the uh, Viking teams. They will be headed down to Ona on Saturday to compete for the uh, state AAA uh, championships. It seems like uh, every year when it comes playoff time or sectional regional time, uh, Viking runners are in the mix. This has become quite a tradition at Ripley High School. And uh, uh, Viking athlete Cooper Durst won an Academic Achievement Award. And that uh, Ripley has a long history of athletes winning this award. And we'll talk to uh, middle school uh, principal Tim Brown about that award. Ruba had a chance to chat with uh, Lady Viking Volleyball head coach Brenda Moore. Talked about uh, winning the net uh, earlier this week over at Ravenswood. And what a great run uh, they've been on uh, here at the end of the season as they head towards sectional play. Also, uh, soccer, I had a chance to chat with uh, Victor Boyce, the boys' soccer coach, to talk about uh, the uh, end of 2021, the up-and-down season they had this year, and really focused on uh, a young team coming back in the future of Viking soccer. And Brian, as you well know, the place to buy your Viking apparel, whether it be a t-shirt, a hat, a sweatshirt, is no other place than RipleyVikings.com. And don't forget coupon code VIKING360 on your next order to get 15% off. Here we go. This past Friday night, the Vikings hit the road for Shady Spring High School in hopes of snapping a six-game losing streak. In their first ever visit to Thomas Field, the Vikings and the Tigers played to a scoreless first quarter tie. More than midway through the second period, the scoring began when Tiger quarterback Cameron Manns connects with Gavin Davis from 64 yards out. Manns looking to throw down the near sideline. What a catch in traffic. Still on his feet in the end zone for the shady touchdown. I thought it was going to be intercepted for a moment, Jeff. The Vikings did not make a play on the receiver. Gavin Davis, Jeff, takes it. Will Harmon's extra point kick was blocked, and with 2.12 remaining in the first half, the Tigers led the Vikings 6 to nothing. It only took the Vikings one play and 11 seconds to answer the score of the Tigers with the longest touchdown completion of the season. Stevens in the gun, looking to throw. All kinds of time over the middle of the field. He's got Randy. Tigers with one of their own for 71 yards out. 
Carter Cochran connects on the extra point kick, and the Vikings led 7-6 to with 2.01 remaining in the half. The scoring, however, was not over in the first half when Manns caps a three-play drive covering 60 yards in only 24 seconds when he connects with Tyler Mackey. Looking to throw under pressure, steps up in the pocket. He's got a man caught in the end zone for the shady touchdown. Just like that, they answer the bell. The two-point conversion was good, and the Tigers led at 14-7 at the half. Then, late in the third quarter, with 4.06 remaining, Caleb Whitaker scampers in from 53 yards out, extending their lead to 22-7. Then, they extend their lead late in the fourth quarter when the Tigers post another rushing touchdown, this time by James Sellards, giving the Tigers a commanding 28-7 lead. No quitting the Vikings, however, who would answer the call with a three-minute drive of their own, capped by this 17-yard Brady Anderson touchdown run. They give it to Anderson this time left side. He has running room right up the teeth of that defense, diving from the two into the end zone for the Vikings touchdown. Katie Lawrence connects on the extra point kick, making the final score 28-14. The Vikings fell for the seventh consecutive time, dropping their season record to 1-8. The win keeps the Tigers' slim playoff hopes alive, improving their record to 5-3. and three. Now the Vikings set their sights on an old foe who has had their way with the Vikings for the better part of a decade. Coach Sayer knows this will be a mammoth task for the Blue and White. Well, one thing's for sure. You can look at Point Pleasant, see how they've built their program and the consistency that they have in their program. And uh, bottom line is they're a top, they're a top four or five double-A team year in and year out. And, you know, when they were the smallest single or double or triple-A school, rather, I'm sorry, they were one of the top teams. So, you know, Coach Darst and his staff have done a great job. They've been tremendously consistent over the last 10 or 12 years. And it's something that we look at and want to be able to do and, and get after them. This will be the 78th meeting between Ripley and Point Pleasant. The Black Knights own a 53-23-1 advantage in the series while winning the last five battles for the Old Oaken Bucket. The Black Knights are on a seven-game winning streak, boasting a 7-1 and record in 2021. And the Vikings will attempt to end their 2021 season on a high note by slaying Goliath. The Ripley Viking countdown to kickoff will begin at 7 p.m. from Point Pleasant High School. And the kickoff set for 7.30 Join myself, Jeff Waybright, and Phil Iman for this week's action. You can hear it all on C98, The Bull. Mountaintop Media is the official live stream provider of Ripley High School Athletics. Mountaintop Media offers a variety of services, including logo design, photography, videography, audiovisual setup, consulting, and web design. If you're beginning your climb to the peak of success, Mountaintop Media has you covered. Mountaintop Media, your vision through our lens. Go to mtmedia304.com to learn more. He's in his second stint as assistant coach at Point Pleasant. Here's Black Knights running back coach Joe Johnson. All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by uh, a assistant coach in Point Pleasant High School and also a member of my family, my cousin, Joe Johnson. Joe, thanks for being with me. Hey, thanks. A whole lot appreciate it and uh, very, very gratified. 
Hey, Joe, so tell the, the listeners uh, your history. You've had a couple of stints at uh, Point Pleasant, including the one now, but you've uh, you've uh, have a pretty extensive coaching career. Yeah, I've been in like 30, 38 years, somewhere around there. I started out <clears throat> at Tiny Hannon High School in southern Mason County. And then I spent a couple of years at Meg's local high school over in Middleport, Pomeroy, and Ohio. <clears throat> and then I spent some time, a couple of junior high level, or junior high level at Wahama, and then <clears throat> had a stint with uh, uh, Point Pleasant in the mid-90s. And then I went back to Wahama for uh, about 17 years, had a really, really good run there. We won a state championship in uh, 2012. And then uh, I retired about four years ago and then uh, decided to go down and just spend a few more retirement years at Point Pleasant with old friend of mine, Dave, Coach Dave Darst at uh, Point Pleasant. And Coach Darst has some Jackson County ties as well, right? Yeah, I think he has some family. I think he lived right close on the line, had some different family uh, members at Ripley. And so uh, he and I are kind of like that in that respect. You know, Joe, you talk about, uh, you know, your history as a coach and all the different places you've been. You know, I think when I look at Point Pleasant uh, and Viking fans uh, see them on the schedule, we're always amazed at the consistency of this program. I think you said you're in year number eight total for you now, and this is your second mm -hmm. head coach uh, with Point Pleasant. And you just don't seem to have those really, really down seasons. A down year for you guys is around 500. You know, I look at since 2010, you guys are 105 and 25. That's average of eight and two a year. I mean, that's an incredible run. What makes you guys so consistent? Well, first of all, it starts with outstanding coaches. There's a great coaching staff at Point Pleasant with uh, head coach Dave Dars, uh, Terry Rollins, who's been there uh, well over 35 years as an assistant coach. So the consistency and uh, the overall uh, direction of the program guided by uh, Dave and Terry and, and, and the rest of the coaching staff there. Uh, it's consistent. Uh, we have a great weight training program, take great interest in, in the youth programs. And so uh, they've just done an outstanding job in providing the consistency, which I think is so important uh, to any program. And everybody has their ups and downs, but, you know, when you add all these things together, uh, hopefully those downs are few and far between. You know, I think uh, something uh, winning breeds winning as well. I mean, when you when you have that type of success sustained over a period of time, you get the, the fringe kids in the school that may not play otherwise, but uh, they want to be a part of it. So, oh, you know, oh, those type oh, absolutely. Of things, absolutely. Those type of things help as well. Uh, w winning has its has its uh, ball rolling uh, and it can go the opposite way once that gets going. And it's hard to stop. But once you get that consistency going and the expectations of uh, the coaching staff and the school and the community all play a great part and able to provide, you know, that kind of background where kids will come in and compete. So that, that's that's a good thing. So you uh, are an assistant coach, a volunteer assistant who's in charge of running backs. I'm sure you've watched film on the Vikings this year. We've really struggled to stop the run. Uh, give us a analysis uh, of that Point Pleasant backfield, uh, we have a <clears throat> we have a great backfield. Uh, our quarterback uh, Evan Roach and and our running back Gavin Jeffers are a really good one two punch, and uh, we also have uh, really good consistency from uh, our wing backs and a backs, and so we have some really quality kids there that run hard. Uh, 
and uh, we have a great offensive line that keeps improving. And uh, game by game, we've just gotten better and better. And so running is you know, what we really do well, uh, but we can hurt you with a pass once in a while too. You know, you guys are uh, headed in opposite direction of the Vikings. You've won seven in a row. We've lost seven in a row. Uh, as a coach, that has to be concerning uh, when, uh, I mean, your kids uh, are on social media. They read the newspapers. They know what's happening in Ripley. They know we've been struggling this year. How do you keep them locked in and focused on this week uh, so as the Vikings don't jump up and bite you? Uh, well, first of all, it's Ripley. So, you know, that's always been a big game. I mean, I think we started playing each other, what, in, in 1934? Yep. And you talk about a long history. I made, you know, a couple of patches that they didn't play. You know, I, I played when I, when I was in high school against Ripley. And uh, uh, so just a tradition of playing Ripley, uh, it makes it a game that you, you don't want to overlook and, and don't. And uh, Coach Darst does a great job of keeping – uh, our, our goals in mind, uh, how important each game is on down the road and keeping things in focus. And so uh, we just try to take it, get, get better, get better each week. Uh, don't take anybody for granted. Uh, I expect Ripley to come in and play extremely hard, being the old open bucket. And uh, so that, that's the way we approach and that's the way we try. Considering the Vikings are the, the wounded dog coming into this one, what concerns you most? Uh, about the Vikings Friday night. Well, what have they got to lose? I mean, they can come in, they can just they, they just lay it all on the line. You know, they expect anything. You know, and so uh, when you get to close games like they're not, you know, it may we may not be your guys' biggest robbery or, but you know, it, it's it's always it's a, always a hard fought game. So don't expect anything less this Friday. This this is always you talk about it from the Point Pleasant perspective, but from our perspective, you know, when we shared a conference in the Pack Eight. Uh, you know, th this was always a game that I loved. I loved coming over oh, there yeah. and playing in that game. I, I played in four of them. I was two and two, uh, which feels like uh, a, uh, a victory in itself to come out of that 500. But, you know, that's always been such a difficult place to play. I was 0 and 2 over there and 2 and 0 at home against Point Pleasant. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it, it is a, it, it's a hard place to play. I mean, great fan support. Uh, we take pride in playing at home, and uh, again, once you once you get that pride going, and you know those, those that goal established, uh, you know, then hopefully you just keep it going. So you know, work hard to keep it going. Well, Joe, thanks so much for the time, and and you, congratulations on what's been a great year so far. Hopefully, more to come for you guys. Uh, maybe not Friday night, but the end of the playoffs. Uh, sure, we, we wish you guys uh, nothing but the best of luck. Well, I want to thank you for having me on. It's been my pleasure. Lady Viking Volleyball has won four consecutive matches, including the net with Ravenswood. Now they turn their sights to St. Albans on Thursday. Head coach Brenda Moore talks about the Spike and Vikes. Joined now by Lady Viking Volleyball head coach Brenda Moore. Coach, it has been a nightmare with me trying to connect with you, all on my end. So apologies uh, in the difficulties we've had in connecting for this interview. But thank you for your patience and thank you for being with me. Thanks for having me. So, Lady Viking Volleyball getting hot at the right time. You guys have won four consecutive games. You have the uh, regular season finale coming up on Thursday night, a chance to make it five in a row. 
as you head toward uh, postseason play next week. Uh, exciting time for the Lady Vikes. Yes. Uh, yeah, we played uh, tonight at St. Albans, and then we have our sectional game Tuesday. So the, the winning streak uh, goes back to a week ago Thursday. Uh, you won at Capitol, or actually at home against Capitol. Then you played Wahama at home again that same evening, beat them 3-1. to one. And then Monday, you went over uh, and played for the net against Ravens, who got a victory there. Talk about uh, that little three-game stretch for you. Yeah, we, we beat Capital in three, so they it was a tight game. Every match has been close. Wahama and then Ravenswood, they were all close games. We beat them in three sets, but each set was really close. And then at home the other night, Tuesday. But we've had a lot of energy, and we've had a lot of crowd support we've had a good student section the game at Ravenswood was exciting there was a lot of energy there Monday night and our student section was fun Tuesday night they showed up and dressed up in costumes and I think that rubs off onto our girls and you know gets them excited you can't downplay that coach we talked about that uh, previously when we spoke back in the beginning of the year about getting fan support and what a quality product uh, volleyball is and what a great job you guys are doing, an entertaining sport. Uh, and obviously when you're winning, that all, that makes it more fun as well. But you can't downplay what that energy brings. And I can hear uh, just in your comments there what it means to you and your team. Oh, yeah, we really appreciate having support and especially coming off of last year where we couldn't have fans and now fans are allowed to come. I think we have we appreciate it even more. Coach, we also talked the last time about this team and how young you are. Uh, seems like these youngsters are growing up. They are. We only have our one senior, but everybody seems to be stepping up and clicking at the same time the last week or so. There's been a lot more hustle, a lot more energy. Um, even our floaters, our JV varsity girls, they've stepped in when we've needed them. They've done a great job. What do you attribute that to? Is it one in particular thing, or is it just the idea of, hey, we've started to win a few games, we feel better about ourselves, we're getting more confidence through experience? Uh, is it one thing in particular, or is it all of those things combined? I think it's just a combination. I think they've won a couple, and you know they want to keep winning. I know the Ravenswood game, we lost last year, so they were really wanting it bad. So I think that kind of revved up the intensity and that you followed over into Tuesday night's game. And you, and you finish off the season Thursday night uh, against St. Albans down there. Uh, St. Albans' team has struggled this year as well. Uh, you know, you guys coming on at the right time, a win in that uh, match would do what for you guys? I think that would keep our confidence up and our energy up going into sectionals. That would bring our record to 12 and 15, which is, you know, pretty close to 500. So I think the confidence boost would be the biggest thing. And you, as you build toward next week in, in sectional play, what do you think it'll take for you guys to, to play deep into the postseason? Uh, and, and in doing so, what would that do for this young team as you look toward the future? Well, this week, our hitters were really on. Sydney Varney, I think she had 12 kills Tuesday night. Both Brianna Hudson and Sydney had their, 
had game great games, hitting games, which also means we're getting good sets from our setters and passes. So it's very very much a team effort. But um, yep, I think everybody's just working together and hustling a lot more. And and you see that uh, I know as a coach, you're always looking toward the future, even though you're coaching for the moment. But you're you're obviously looking at this team and saying, man, we've got a lot of. A lot of young ladies that are going to be juniors and and seniors next year that have a lot of talent and a lot of experience and and a run uh, into the playoffs uh, this year would be huge for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to focus on this year, but you're right. You can't help but think about next year and only losing one senior. Yeah, our experience will be there and we'll be able to start the beginning of the season kind of ahead of what we were able to this year that we already know our positions and kind of what we need to work on. So do we know who and where we will play in sectional play next week? Yes, we play at Hurricane and we play Hurricane. Coach, uh, best of luck Thursday night at St. Albans and, and best of luck next week. Here's to a deep run into the postseason for the Lady Likes. Well, thank you very much. Dating back to 1934, the football game for the Old Oaken Bucket between Ripley and Point Pleasant is among the oldest trophies in West Virginia. The Hall family has close ties to the series as we hear from Viking Football Hall of Famer, Kevin Hall. All right, we are turning back the clock 87 years to the first Old Oaken Bucket game. Ripley traveled uh, in vehicles down to uh, Point Pleasant and took on the Big Blacks and the tradition was started between the Rotary Clubs of Ripley and Point Pleasant to play for the Old Oaken Bucket. And uh, one family that has a, a tremendous connection to that game is the Hall family. And I'm talking with uh, Kevin Hall. And Kevin, uh, tell us just what is the connection between your family and the Old Oaken Bucket? Uh, my, my grandfather, uh, Bill Hall, um, he was the... Uh, a left tackle on the 1934 team, and he was happened to be a, ta- a captain for that game. Uh, so, you know, obviously when I, I found out, I think it was like my eighth grade year, that, you know, my grandpa never really spoke a whole lot about games. He was a big fan of mine. He didn't really go into a lot of himself. But uh, when I did find out that he was a captain of the Point Pleasant game, the first uh, bucket game, that those games immediately took a special interest in my heart and uh, – you know, those are those are the games I wanted to play every year. I really look forward to playing Point Pleasant because of the history. And, and Kevin, you were telling me that while uh, Bill, he took a great deal of interest in, in your playing career, uh, he really did not talk that much about his own playing career uh, with the Vikings. No, he did not. Um, he was just, you know, my grandpa was a very humble man, a hard worker, farmer. Um, he just, you know, he expected people to do right things and be a man of the word. He, he didn't really go on about himself at all. Um, he, like I said, he was a huge fan of mine. Um, he didn't, he wasn't able to come to the games because of his eyesight wasn't very good. So he, he listened, you know, this is back in, you know, in the late eighties, but he listened on C98. And, uh, he, he would listen to every single game I played and he would talk to me a little bit the next day or the weekend about how well I did or how well the team did, or even if we, you know, if we didn't lose, he would, he would be there to encourage me to, to do better. 
And the Vikings had a pretty good season back in 1934. They actually played 11 games that year, and they finished with a record of 7-3-1. and And the Viking coach was a man by the name of Burt Goodwin, who went on to found, found the Goodwin and Goodwin Law Firm here in Ripley and in Charleston. And Kevin, I thought another interesting tidbit about that game is there was a young man from Point Pleasant who scored two touchdowns in that game, and his last name was Darst. And the current head coach of the Big Blacks is another man by the name of Darst. So it looks like maybe the tradition lies both ways there as far as the, the Old Oak and Bucket series. Yes, it sounds like it for sure. Absolutely. Okay, well, Kevin, uh, thank you so much for talking with me and, and sharing a little bit of family history with me. We appreciate it. Uh, no problem, and go Vikes. A repeat top 10 performance in the AAA cross-country meet is predicted for the Lady Viking cross-country team by RunWV.com. One of those runners trying to make that happen is sophomore Emma Shockey. We're talking with Emma Shockey, and she is a sophomore on the Lady Viking cross-country team. Qualifiers for the state meet coming up down at Cabell Midland High School in Ona. And uh, congratulations on making it to your second uh, state cross-country meet. Thanks. Yeah. My goals are just to be, like, top 25 and finish with, like, 20... 23 minutes, probably. I think you finished in the, in the top 50 yeah. as a freshman. So, yeah. uh, is, uh, what, ha what have you learned now that you've had an, an, a year of experience behind you and you've been on that course down at Ona before? Um, probably just uh, don't start out too hard and try to finish strong and just try to pick off runners one by one, like through the middle. I guess I had to feel pretty good for the team to qualify. Uh, three teams out of this region qualified for the state meet, and Ripley was one of them. Yeah, we uh, we really worked hard this year. We didn't have that many girls, but the girls that we have have really pushed and to qualify for states. Okay, this is uh, this being the last uh, meet of the season. So, what's next on your schedule? What do you have coming up uh, as far as the rest of the school year is concerned? Um, well, I usually do track, but I don't think I'm going to do track this year, and next year's cross-country season, so I'm going to try to keep running to stay in shape. Viking senior cross-country runner Chase Pepper won the right to compete for state honors this coming weekend with his performance in last week's regional championship. Chase Pepper, congratulations on winning uh, or advancing to the uh, state cross-country meet with a good performance uh, in the regional last uh, last Thursday. Thank you very much. And tell me, that was a pretty dramatic uh, ending. Tell us about that. It was, it was really dramatic because of all the stuff I've been through at the beginning of the year. And just to make it to states is just great. And Chase, it was really neat as as your teammates. You had crossed the line, finish line before them, but as they crossed the line individually, they all asked, "Did he make it? Did he make it?" They wanted to know if you finished in that top ten. That had to make you feel pretty good. It made me feel like I was on top of the world. Okay. Well, you made it all state last year, and going back to the Cabell Midland this year to Ona to the state meet. So, what are your goals this time around as a senior? 
My goals this year are to hopefully get top 15. Top 10 would be really nice, but shooting for top 15. And, and Chase, what about that course down at Ona? How does that suit you? It's a, it's a rough course, but I've ran hills before, and that hill just does steady incline. And Chase, uh, what are your plans? I know you're a senior this year. Have you thought about uh, what's next uh, in the life of, uh, of Chase Pepper? I'm definitely going to go to college and go for nursing so far as what I've got planned out. Awesome. Do you know where you might like to go to school? West Liberty or UC are my main two options right now. All right. Chase, good luck at the States. Well, thank you. Hiking freshman Cooper Durst is being recognized with the state's Academic Achievement Award, as we hear from school administrator Tim Brown. We're talking with Tim Brown, the principal at Ripley Middle, and the reason for the call is another award winner at Ripley Middle, and this time it's uh, Cooper Durst. Tim, uh, tell me about the award that uh, Cooper was able to garner. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. This is uh, the WVSSAC Scholar Athlete Award. This is an award that uh, they've been giving out since the early to mid-90s, and it's based off of academics, um, sports participation, attendance, um, that sort of thing. Um, so we nominated Cooper based off of his GPA, which is Fantastic 4.0. Uh, he was involved in three sports in middle school, um, football, um, wrestling, and then baseball for one year, and uh, has great attendance throughout his time. I think he only missed maybe one or two days the entire time he was here. So he was a great candidate for this award. And Cooper is now a, a freshman on the football team at, uh, at Ripley High, and he represents uh, sort of a long line of recipients from Ripley Middle who have, uh, who have won this award. Oh, absolutely. We've had, uh, I think now a total of about 12 winners um, that's won this award. And some uh, some of them have went on and done bigger and better things. Uh, absolutely uh, represented Ripley really well. We've had everything from Jamin Jones, Allison Spiker, Chelsea Knotts, Jared Landis, um, Kelly Pauley, Nathan and Trevor Tucker. Last year we had Cade uh, uh, Good. Have Maddie Randolph in there as well. I mean, this is a fantastic representative of, of just former Vikings. Well, that's that's great news, Tim. And as far as you're concerned, there's a congratulations to you as well. I understand that you'll be taking on some new responsibilities in the not too distant future. Yes, I've accepted the position and have been hired as the director of secondary schools for Jackson County. I absolutely, uh, um, you know worry about losing my students and my contacts here at Ripley Middle. I've built some fantastic relationships over the years and this has been a huge part of my life. Um, so it's sad to see go, but I'm happy to have a new chapter opening up for me and, and knowing that I'll still be able to, my new position, be able to uh, stay in contact with students and, and the people I've met over the years. It's uh, Jackson County's been really good to me over the years. Tim, that's great news. Uh, congratulations and, and thanks for your time. Thank you, sir. Viking Boys soccer had an up-and-down season in 2021. Head coach Victor Boyce says he's excited about the future of the program. All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by head boys soccer coach of the Ripley Vikings, Victor Boyce. Victor, thanks for being with me, bud. Brian, always a pleasure. Vic, you guys wrapped your uh, season up uh, last week with a loss in sectional play to Hurricane. 
you guys got off to a great start this year, and it was a little up and down. You had some rocky moments uh, throughout the year, uh, but still a lot to be proud of. Yeah, we uh, we got to. I mean, it was a fast start. I believe me when me and you talked earlier. I never would have guessed that we would have jumped out and been three and one, and uh, it was a great surprise. Like I said, you know, you anticipate and you hope for that being the start of your season, but in reality, you kind of know there's going to be some ups and downs along the way. And uh, what happened to us is we uh, started really well. And then around the middle of September, I believe it was, we had to quarantine several of our players. And um, we had just came off a tie with uh, Warner High. And we had to set out pretty much a whole week. And our first game back, we faced GW. And we took our worst loss of the season. And I think that really just kind of set a little tempo of us going in the wrong direction. It was kind of hard for us to rebound from there. I think we only won... Two more, two or three more games after that, and it was just it was difficult. Coach, talk about how difficult it is to, as you said, be in the middle of a season, be in a flow. You've already been through all the preseason stuff. Uh, you get into the regular season. You're playing great, and then, like you said, you got to put the brakes on and, and basically stop. Uh, I don't even know how much uh, practice you guys got to do at that point, and then totally restart and have to be running 70 miles an hour when you hit the field uh, against a really good uh, George Washington team. That had to be very difficult. Well, it was extremely hard. So we we did all of our preseason work this year. We didn't cut any corners. We did a three-week window. I got to use a few of my flex days. We went right into the season. So we pretty much had almost a month of – uh, practices before we got into going into our regular stuff and like I so said we were really uh, you know when you're when you're too close to the that what's going on you don't always see it and um, I wasn't sure how exactly good we were going to be like so we came out so strong and then the kind of just come to a dead stop um, we had several kids who were vaccinated and I think we ran practice with maybe six kids for a week. And then to come out of quarantine when we got the other guys back, um, you know, they hadn't been running. They hadn't been touching a ball. They hadn't been doing anything. And it was almost like starting over. So it's so, so hard to get in shape and, and run in shape, but it's so easy to get out of it. And when you take that many guys, I mean, we had 18 and 12 of them, I mean, it was just uh, very, very difficult to get going again. And um, some of them didn't get, get back in shape probably at all, even by the end of the season. Coach, something about your team, uh, I don't think your record really really reflects the type of team you had. When, when I look at teams uh, that are good, they typically perform well in close games. And that was you guys. Uh, you were 6-1-2, and two, I believe, in games uh, con- considered uh, that were uh, within a uh, two-goal difference. Um, you guys were fantastic under the pressure. It just seemed like the games that you lost were the ones that got away from you. That's exactly right. Like, so we were – it was pretty much we were a second-half team. Uh, come out of halftime, and that's when we you know, found our legs. And 
I think a lot of that had to do with the amount of prep work that we've been putting in. Um, our guys wouldn't get warmed up until they've been running, it seemed like, for an hour. And um, a lot of the teams were already starting to die, and we were just kind of catching our breath. So we came out of the second half really strong a lot. Um, but it seemed like once we gave up two goals or three goals, it was just like a huge weight on our back, and we just couldn't seem to catch our breath. And uh, a lot of times the ball just goes the wrong way. You know, we just need one more break, and something would happen. And uh, it's just it's unlucky. And um, just the way the, the season kind of went towards um, there at the end. Coach, uh, you look toward next year. Uh, you're replacing five seniors. You will replace 70%, upwards of 70% of your goals scored and your points scored off of this year's team. Uh, so that's a tall task, but you do have a super sophomore coming back who will be a junior next year in Max Meadows. Yeah, um, we lose Noah Castle. And Noah took it upon himself. I mean, we talked with Noah. Noah had zero goals last season. But he was a player that we knew that had a lot of potential. He'd do the stuff last year that no one wanted to. He played a lot of defense and and just kind of filled in gaps. And kind of told him, I'm like, we need we need goals. You know, we need some offense. And and he stepped up to the plate and answered. He gave you know 11 goals. He uh, leading scorer on the team. And uh, like I said, we lose him. We lose uh, Jake Harvey, who led the team in assists for the last two seasons. Uh, Carter Cochran, a uh, huge anchor back there for our defense. Uh, four-year letterman. Um, I believe he started maybe near the middle to the end of his freshman year back there, and he never came off the field since. Uh, Wyatt White, another outstanding senior who uh, great distributor of the ball, uh, great assist man, setup man, drawn a lot of attention. And um, – you know, Sam Cox, he was a first-year player for us. Uh, would love to have him for a couple more years. And uh, just we lose those five. And um, But honestly, looking ahead, my freshman and sophomore class is is pretty good. We're going to compete and be there with anybody. Uh, like I said, you named Max. Uh, of course, Max is a standout player. He's going to be tremendous for us. And then I'm really big on our freshman, um, Anthony uh, Bergenoli, and uh, he is also a tremendous player. And I think uh, those two uh, could be surprising a lot of folks next year and the year after. So we, we could have a couple guys that could be players of the year. Coach, what do you have to do? I know your goal is the state championship. I've known you for a long time, and I know you're – uh, not a, a moral victories guy, not a guy who, uh, you know, is going to settle for anything less than winning at all. And I know that's what you want to do. And what does it take uh, for the Vikings to get to that point? I think we're going in the right direction. Uh, I know the the record doesn't really reflect, um, but um, we're going in the right direction. It's it's in Ripley, we, we have to uh, embrace this, this team concept where – everybody's needed and that goes uh once the seniors realize how important the freshmen and the sophomores are it's something that kind of washes over the whole team and um that's what we've been trying to preach the last couple of years and this year is that the seniors really took on to it 
they knew that we needed, you know, Anthony and we needed uh, Jake Holmes. We needed Max. We needed uh, Banton. We needed Levi. We needed all these underclassmen um, for us to be successful. And like I said, we were going in that direction and, you know, things just happened the way they happened. Um, but I think that's a concept that we're going to keep, keep preaching and uh, that's going to get us to where we want to be. Coach, as always, thanks for the time. Uh, enjoy your off season. I know you'll be be preparing for 2022 and uh, be looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, enjoy this time and uh, good luck to you in the off season. Brian, I appreciate it. Like I said, I appreciate uh, you and, and Mike for everything you guys do for our program and thanks for giving us some time. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some bigger and better things to talk about in uh, 2022. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications. Mountaintop Media is the official live stream provider of Ripley High School Athletics. Mountaintop Media offers a variety of services, including logo design, photography, videography, audiovisual setup, consulting, and web design. If you're beginning your climb to the peak of success, Mountaintop Media has you covered. Mountaintop Media, your vision through our lens. Go to mtmedia304.com to learn more.